Hello, and welcome to the Jesse Golden podcast. Welcome back, I hope to be saying. This has been an interesting last couple weeks with my little pup, Coda, going into heat, which I knew was coming at some point. I just didn't know it was going to be at this point. I'm so grateful it was before the holidays because that is not something that I would have wanted to do, either A, having the rover who watches her, who is absolutely wonderful. She said she'd be fine watching her during heat, but it's a pain in the ass for me. So I would not want that for her and also would not want to be taking her home to my parents' house over Christmas with that situation happening as well. But poor thing is so uncomfortable. It's just not a fun time. So we're getting through it together, but it's the perfect timing for today's podcast episode topic. We're talking all about how I got my period back. And this inspiration for this episode came to me after speaking with a woman online and she was asking me about losing my period, how I got it back, if weight loss, weight gain has impacted that at all, etc. So I wanted to give you my experience, but a disclaimer here, I am not an expert by any means when it comes to the menstrual cycle. And I don't want you taking my experience or my words as a substitute for any type of medical advice. It's simply for inspiration. It is to give you ideas. And ultimately, that is a relationship that you have to have with your own body, with your own practitioners, etc. But I hope that this can be helpful because as per usual with me, I went against the grain of what I was hearing and it served me well. And that doesn't mean you have to, but it is what I did. So I'll get into why I lost my menstrual cycle, what I did to get it back, and what my cycle looks back now and how I adjust things based on the data that I get for that. So to rewind, go back in time, I lost my menstrual cycle at 16 years old due to being on a low carb diet and or potentially losing weight somewhat quickly as a result of said diet. So it was a combination of a lot of stress. I had a personal trainer who was woefully underqualified to be giving nutrition advice, tell me that I should not be eating more than 15 grams of carbs in any single meal. And this is when I was having our volleyball practices were in their own right, just way too long. We were practicing for three hours a day, Monday through Friday. And then I was doing personal training sessions. My parents would go, so we would jump on board and do it. It was basically circuit training classes, what a lot of women call HIT training classes, which aren't actually hit, but that doesn't really matter, especially in the context of this episode. It was high intensity, just moving nonstop for 30 minutes, basically as heavy as I could be breathing, as sweaty as I could get in 30 minutes. That was basically the goal. And so a combination of all of the stress on my body sent the message to my body, which makes perfect sense. Hey, this is not an appropriate environment to bring a child into because scarce resources, Clearly, she's running from a tiger every five seconds. This is not good. So we're not going to have a cycle. We're not going to ovulate. Had no idea about these things back then, right? So go to my gynecologist, my doctor at 16, explain that my cycle has suddenly gone missing. It was very regular before. And to give some additional context, I don't recall, I wasn't into weighing myself at that point in my life. So I don't know how much weight I actually lost. But as many people have experienced, the first diet you go on, your metabolism is so responsive that weight tends to fall off pretty quickly. And 
I was no exception to that. I also made a pretty drastic adjustment to my food intake where I was eating a lot of tater tots, a lot of french fries, a lot of Sonic, a lot of things that teenagers tend to eat. And then with that 15 grams of carbs per meal restriction, which is what it was, it was a restriction, I lost weight very quickly. That was a many, many hundreds of calories in adjustment that I was put on. And I didn't know about calories, honestly, neither did my trainer. He said it was all about the carbs. So lost my cycle. And when I went to my primary doctor, he said, go on birth control. And I didn't know any better. And I thought, well, might start having sex at some point. Still hadn't at 16 years old. So I thought, hell, sounds like a good idea to me. Let's do it. And then for the next eight years, I was on birth control and I didn't have, I had a friend ask me this recently, if I had an irregular period while I was on birth control and not that I can recall, I still had a regular quote unquote cycle, even though it wasn't an actual bleed because I wasn't ovulating. However, when I went off birth control at 24, I just quit my first corporate job in public accounting, went backpacking with some friends in Asia, Southeast Asia, and I thought it seems like a good time for me to go off of birth control and see if I can get my body back online. And I didn't know what was going to happen as a result of that. The reason I went off of birth control at 24 was I was in a period of really focusing on my connection to my body. This is when my relationship with food really started to make a shift. And I was focused on mindfulness, got really into meditation, and I wanted to have that connection with my body and understand what my body was experiencing without having medication inside. That doesn't mean that I'm anti-medication at all. It's just something that didn't feel right to me, and I wanted to understand my body better. And here's the thing. So I went off birth control when I was 24, soon to be 25, and I didn't get my period again until almost exactly the same month two years later. So December in 20, gosh, 2013, I didn't get it back until December 2015. And during that time, I had a lot of noise coming at me. And just to add further clarification there, I had tested for low progesterone and low estrogen during that time. My hormones were in the toilet again, is no surprise because I came back from that trip to Southeast Asia. And I talk about this a lot in my free masterclass, which is linked in the, the show notes below, Four Steps to Stop Obsessing About Food. I thought I was healing my relationship with food, but I still have a lot more work to do. So when I came back to the States and got integrated back into typical day-to-day life, there were still some things I needed to work on. And one of those was I was just stressed all the time. So as I transitioned into getting my period back, one of the things that really made a big difference for me, I'll get into in a moment. First, let's go into the things that I was told. I was told I needed to stop doing intense exercise. A lot of women were saying, you just need to walk and do yoga and Pilates. Okay, maybe that works for some women. I didn't stop. I was doing CrossFit and I continued to do CrossFit. I was told that I might need to gain weight, that anyone whose period is missing, it's because they're underweight. I was not underweight. I've never been underweight. Even at 16, when I lost that weight, I was not underweight. I was told that I needed to eat more food. I felt pretty confident I was eating 
a decent amount of food to support me. I wasn't overriding hunger signals. I felt good. And I was also tested for PCOS at that time. And during that time period, we didn't know, they didn't know nearly as much about PCOS as we do now. And it's there's still so much to learn. But it was very questionable at that point of what really qualifies as PCOS, what doesn't. But ultimately, they said I did not have it in the end. So what did I actually do then to get my period back? I focused on eating more carbs. And this is primarily because I was doing CrossFit, which requires glycogen, which comes from carbohydrates, in order to complete those workouts. And this is why when I look back on my experience as a teenager, when that trainer told me to not be eating more than 16 grams of carbs per meal, it's insane with the activity that I was doing. So I added in more carbs to support my CrossFit workouts. And I thought maybe this will help my menstrual cycle come back. What this looked like was I included a serving of carbohydrates and I can't give you exact amounts and say that was the size of a cupped palm. I wasn't focusing on that stuff. I just said, what seems like a decent amount of carbs to have in a meal? Two pieces of bread. Great. Some rice with my meal, some potatoes. Great. I didn't overthink it. I just said, I need to start including making sure because if I wasn't paying attention to it, it wasn't going to happen. I had some of that low carb mentality subconsciously, and it wasn't coming from a restrictive place at that point. It was just coming from an automated place where I had become so used to eating higher fat meals with lower carb that I didn't really think about it. So I had to consciously say, oh no, I need to make an effort here to be sure that I'm including enough carbs in all of my meals and all of my snacks. Again, I didn't weigh or measure anything, so I can't tell you exact amounts. And I really focused on enjoying my life. And I didn't say, oh, enjoying my life will help me get my period back. But it really did help. I was having fun. I was just living my life, being in my mid-20s, enjoying socializing, meeting new people. I was meeting so many fun people at my CrossFit gym. It was really just uplifting, relatively low-stress period of my life. And my weight also remained the same. And then I remember it clear as day. That day when I got my period back, I was honestly shocked because I wasn't doing the things that these people had said. I continued to do CrossFit. And so many people were saying online, if you're doing CrossFit, you're never going to get your period back. You have to gain weight. You have to da-da-da. And I just said, I just don't think that's true. It doesn't feel right to me. So what do I think actually caused my period to come back? I can't say for sure, right? I wasn't in a lab isolating certain variables. But what I do believe led to my period coming back is more carbohydrates, enough to support my activity levels, enough to support my well-being, and less stress. Stress is something that is such a big culprit for me with a wide variety of health issues. And I seem to be relatively stress sensitive compared to other women. And do I know what it's like to exist in another woman's body? Of course not. This is just simply by comparison of what a lot of women, particularly women in my life, seem to be able to withstand on a nervous system level, just on a physical level compared to what I'm able to withstand. And this has been kind of on a tangent and a side note, a great opportunity for self-growth and boundaries for me because I used to doubt my own experience of, well, they're saying I shouldn't be having these issues, but I don't feel well. And they're saying that I should be able to handle this amount of stress and I don't feel like I physically can 
handle as much stress, whether that's the intensity of workouts or the amount of workouts or just feeling sleep deprived, drinking a lot. Those things add up really, really quickly for me. So I had to be mindful of my stress. And for me to this day, I see changes in my menstrual cycle, in my the regularity and consistency of my menstrual cycle in addition to symptoms. So how bad my cramps are, if I'm getting really bad PMS, et cetera, based on my stress. And it's something that I pay very close attention to. And I have so many years of data now tracking my cycle. I use Kindara and Femometer. I'll tag them in the show notes as well. But tracking and piecing together, oh, three months ago, typically it's three months in arrears that what happens starts to show up in your menstrual cycle. I can see the impact of stress. And I'll explain to you what that looks like here in a moment. But this quote from a medical doctor from the Cleveland Clinic, I find very, very interesting. She says, for more than half of my patients who dealt with infertility, the pandemic actually decreased the stress that was impacting their cycle and ability to get pregnant, says Dr. Kali Konda. Forgive me for butchering that. Because these women weren't traveling as much and had reduced work stress, they had more time to connect with their partner. And if anything rings true to me, if that is a depiction of the way my body works, it is this quote. And I still have some delays with my cycle, depending on my stress levels during particular months, or my PMS will fluctuate in terms of the severity of it. I do have months where my period is absolutely great, no problem. I also have months where it's not great and it's a pain in my ass. And I had a migraine a couple months ago and that, again, tracking so helpful for this. It was on the day that I ovulated. I've only had a couple migraines in my life and all of them have been due to my hormones. So very interesting. And like I noted, my I've realized over time that my body is more stress sensitive than many others. And I'm still learning to live with this. I'm still learning to trust that my experience is my experience and I don't have to compare myself to what other women can withstand. I know some women who are machines in life. They can truly withstand so much stress. They are like superwomen and I just can't do it. And it makes so much sense now looking back at some of the women in my family who are older generations and they're the same. They just have never understood the women who can just go nonstop, just don't have it in them. And I am cut from the same cloth, honey. Same, same cloth. So as I mentioned too, three months in arrears, I don't know the validity of this, to be very frank, but typically I see changes in my cycle after a stressful event, stressful period of time, three months in arrears. And I believe that is when our eggs are released. I'm not sure on the science of that. So I would just check with your doctor or look that up yourself. But three months in arrears, that is something that I see in terms of cycle changes. Now, here are some recent stressful events where I absolutely noticed changes in my cycle three months after getting Coda. And I was also stressed to the nines right after I got her for about two months. So my nervous system and my digestion was just a hot mess during that time as well. 
definitely noticed impacts on my menstrual cycle. When Coda had a an emergency surgery over the summer, noticed that as well. Three months later, not a good time because that was very recent. <laughs> summer of 2020. That was really interesting during the the George Floyd situation when that was happening and just social media. I remember it was like I was watching. I couldn't look away from Instagram. And I think that just level of stress of seeing what was happening around the world and just never giving my brain a break from all of the chaos and the tragedy was stressful to my brain. Again, something that other women might look at that and be like, okay, that did not impact me at all, would never impact me. It impacted me. It really did. So I saw clear changes in my menstrual cycle three months later, moving to New York. That was stressful. I really underestimate and still have to remember how big of an impact traveling has on my cycle, let alone moving across the country. So moving to New York City, then when I moved to Bali a year later for four months, that whole year, which was, gosh, last year, 2022, moved to Bali, then to New Mexico, then back to Denver. It was just constant moving. So my cycle was just, it felt like I was always playing catch up. And this is a big part of why I committed to moving back to Denver for at least a year is I could just feel in my bones that my body, my nervous system, and my body just needed consistency. And then I got CODA and then I didn't have consistency. But now that I'm in a phase of consistency, I hope for some time, I'm really excited to see what happens with my nervous system, with my body over the next year with having things stay the same. I re-signed my lease in my apartment. I'm staying in the same home. My nervous system, my brain doesn't have to constantly be scanning for danger in new environments. Let's see what can happen with this glorious body of mine if I'm staying in one place for one year without a major life change. Really curious to see what happens here. So in terms of the weight loss and weight gain, I did not notice any changes based on losing or gaining weight. And I have not lost my cycle since I gained it back in 2016, 2015. I have not lost it since then. So there will be periods of time where my cycle is a little bit longer, but it is always there. It just might be a little bit delayed. So in terms of maintaining your menstrual cycle, this is a form of biofeedback, right? What I bring to attention inside of SLA, Sustainably Lean Academy, is the overall bucket of stress that you have is going to play a part. And if you're already leading a very stressful lifestyle, adding in a weight loss strategy that is really aggressive, where your calorie deficit is larger or you're making something, a big change, like suddenly I'm going to just cut out all carbohydrates, which is completely unnecessary anyway. That's something I would be very mindful of because that can impact your menstrual cycle amongst all other forms of biofeedback as well. So consider your overall stress bucket when it comes to losing weight. Do you actually have weight to lose? You know, I see women who, if you're underweight, your body is perceiving, oh, we don't have enough resources to carry a child. That was never my issue. But for some women, that is the issue that they actually do need to gain weight. If your stress bucket is really high, should you be doing high intensity exercise? Right now, with my lifestyle, would I 
do well with CrossFit, not at the level of intensity that I used to do it and not the frequency that I used to do it. But as I mentioned, I was in my mid-20s, life was pretty carefree, didn't really have many responsibilities, so CrossFit felt fine to me. And I was able to get my cycle back while doing CrossFit, while doing high-intensity exercise. Sleep and stress management matter so much. If you're looking to change your physique, if you're looking to change your health, two really, really important pieces of the puzzle, you might want to consider adjusting your carbohydrate intake, see if that makes a difference for you. Again, I don't know if that's exactly what changed things for me, might be for you. I know some women say that when they do intermittent fasting, if they're fasting, that that impacts their menstrual cycle. I can't speak to that. I've never been a faster. That's something that I would consider and really view it as an experiment of getting to know your own body and what works for you. I think we spend so much time online arguing about this is the right way. No, this is the right way, the wrong way. And ultimately, all that matters at the end of the day is that you feel the way you want to feel. So if you want to get your menstrual cycle back, arguing with people on the internet about what is actually correct or incorrect does you no good. Just get in the game and start making adjustments and don't go in there with a preconceived notion of what is or is not going to work. Act like a scientist. Just have a hypothesis and be willing to have that hypothesis be proven wrong. That will keep your brain a lot more open and it'll get you to the end result a lot, lot faster. And for anyone who has young girls as daughters, this is something that I wish that I had been told. I don't have daughters. I don't have children. But I do think having that conversation, it was just be it would be an invitation for me to you to consider having those conversations with your daughter about her menstrual cycle, because that's something I really, really wish that I had known when I was younger is how my body worked. I didn't know what ovulation was until my mid-20s. I didn't know that I could only get pregnant a couple days out of the month. Had no idea. I didn't know that you could tell by your cervical mucus where you are in your cycle, by your body temperature. I didn't know that stress impacted my menstrual cycle. And I just wish on a societal level, it was a lot more discussed because, hey, 50% of the population has it and it's literally what perpetuates human life on earth. So I think it deserves a little bit more respect than we give it. And I know that there's conflicting perspectives on this. I personally view my menstrual cycle as a bill of health. So if things are not going well with my menstrual cycle, that's something for me to look into. I know a lot of people are like, eh, don't worry about it. You don't need to have a cycle. It's not a big deal. For me personally, I don't agree with that. It's not something that I live by. And it's something that especially if kids are in the future for me at some point, it's something that I really keep top of mind because I want to have a body that feels safe, a nervous system that feels safe hypothalamus and pituitary gland that feel safe and healthy. So something that's important to me, if I could go back in time, I would not have gone on birth control for this reason. I would have focused on getting to the root cause, but it is what it is. And that is the way life works, you know? And this is, to wrap this up, a really big reason why I'm so focused on bodying more of my feminine or yin energy it's already beginning to change my life in such beautiful ways. And I feel like I've just scratched the surface. I'm going to have a really exciting guest coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks for you guys to talk more about 
feminine energy, leading you from your feminine, because my health suffered so severely from being so hyper-masculine, from being so hyper-focused on performing and pushing and forcing and being productive nonstop. Even just saying that out loud, it gives me anxiety. So if this is something that speaks to you, if you find yourself in that situation, perhaps consider if the word feminine doesn't resonate with you, more yin. Society just does not respect the yin. You know what I'm saying? And I would wager all of us could use a little bit more of it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. What has worked for you if you find yourself in this situation hasn't? All those things, if it's completely different from my experience, of course, I always welcome that too. Hop on over to Instagram and let me know. And if you would be so kind as to leave a review and a five-star rating, I would love you forever. And if you want to catch that free training, The Four Steps to Stop Obsessing About Food, I share more about my journey with healing my relationship with food, the top three mistakes that I made and that most women make, and the four steps to actually overcoming that obsession with food. I will see you all in the next episode.